Welcome to the Fortune Management Practice Mastery Podcast. Each episode, we bring you powerful conversations with thought leaders in the dental, veterinary, optometry, and medical industries. At Fortune Management, we coach doctors and teams to have an extraordinary practice and an extraordinary life. Dr. Paul Bass, one of the co-founders of Fortune Management, spent some time with me and shared some pearls of wisdom that you don't want to miss. He told the story of how Fortune Management was formed and how it has evolved over the years. Paul also shares with us his definition of coaching and how that relationship can be empowering for both parties. I know you will enjoy this conversation with Paul Bass. Welcome, Paul. Well, thank you so much. My pleasure to be here, Kim. It's awesome to have you on the podcast. I've been looking forward to having you on, and uh, I know you've got a very tight schedule coaching clients all across this great country, so thank you for spending some time with me this morning. Well, you're more than welcome. I'm, I'm happy to share, and hopefully the things that we talk about will be valuable to the people who hear them. Yes, absolutely. And for our listeners, what we're going to be focusing on first is I want to hear sort of from the horse's mouth, the history of fortune management, because of course, uh, you are one of the co-founders of the company and you've got a great story with how we involved Tony. So tell us a little bit about the history of fortune. Well, actually the the history of fortune starts with a a, a precursor company called Quest. Uh, That's a name that's probably not remembered a great deal nowadays because it was so many years ago, uh, most in the United States. But uh, I'll tell you how it started. It, It all started with a group of guys who came together and formed a seminar company, again called Quest, which was actually birthed out of a study club in Dallas. And it was called the Quest Study Club. And some very, very highly regarded dentists, including one of my early mentors, Dr. Tom McDougall, who was president of Dallas County Dental Society, were in a study club there of, you know, I think it was like 10 or 11 doctors. And the reason they came together in the beginning, Kim, is because they knew that our dental school education, as great as it was, was totally inept and perhaps in most schools void of any education about leadership, about communications, about staffing, about enrollment, about you know how to run a dental business. And so these guys, just out of pain, I think, came together. And uh, one of the gentlemen who was a part of that, besides Tom and Google, was one of uh, uh, the, the national seminar leaders with the Quest organization. And basically what they came together to do was to share with one another about how they could all improve by sharing the best of their ideas. So, for example, one doctor might say, let me tell you guys about my recare system. I've I've come on some, you know, really cool ideas that are working extremely well, and I think they could help you guys. And by the way, Bill, I want to hear about your collections because I understand your collections, you know, your AR and collections in your practice are just absolutely outstanding. That was a mastermind effect. And the long story short is that after the first year, and by the way, these are in 19, probably 78, $1979, but at the end, at the end of the first year of that study club, the smallest increase of any practice in the, in the entire study club was something like $300,000. Wow. And that's back when $300,000 was a lot of money, by the way. Absolutely. There's also a really cool story about, I'll just, Toss, toss this in really quickly because it's a pretty neat story. And it has to do with who's, who's usually in the way of things happening, progressive things happening in a dental practice. So many times it's the doctor unintentionally holding back the team. 
So one of these members, a guy named Tom Nelson, actually um, was diagnosed with cancer. And when he was diagnosed with cancer, he was going to have to go through chemo and, you know, the whole nine yards. Well, what the, what the study club did is they banded together and put a calendar down, and, and each doctor would commit to certain days, and they kept his practice operating while he was going through. And he was off for maybe like three or four months. I mean, it was a pretty intense cancer. He did survive. Now, while these doctors were coming in, and every day it was like, you know, the doc of the day, right, for patients coming in, they didn't know who they were going to get. Sure. Guess what? When he came back into his practice about four months later, his practice had doubled. Wow. So what was in the way? Yeah. Sometimes it does start at the top, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it really does. Mm-hmm. So the bottom line is, yeah, we had a seminar company that actually was born out of that study club. Uh, it was really the first comprehensive practice management organization in North America. Uh, we actually were all over the country, all over Canada, and it was it was cutting-edge, new uh, concepts that had never been taught in dentistry before because nobody had ever had the conversation. Yeah. And long story short, we, uh, the Quest organization changed many, many lives. We bump into people every day who, in airports, like, who say things or seminars say things like, you know, man, I tell you what, that, that whole thing changed my life. And that's really what's heartwarming for us. So uh, we were rocking along, doing quite well and uh, in the seminar business as Quest. And then once upon a time, at that, at that point uh, in history, my college roommate gave me a gift. And the gift he gave me was a book entitled Unlimited Power by Anthony Robbins. And I'm embarrassed to say that that book uh, I placed on my nightstand that sat there for, I don't know, two or three months before I ever read it. But it was a hardbound copy. And, you know, the hardbound books, Kim, have the, you know, this paper wrapper around them on the outside, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And so the paper wrapper had a, had a picture on the back. I, so I sat this thing on my end table, but I would pick it up about every week or so, and I'd turn it over and look at the back one more time. And it's this young guy who I think might have been 25 years old at the time walking through a bed of hot coals in, um, I think it was on 5th Avenue in New York. <laughs> now, I took physiology, as all dentists did in our first couple of years of dental school. So I, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, you, you're walking on hot coals. How are you not burning? So my brain said, you know, there's something that this guy knows that I don't know, and I need to know what it is. So I, uh, I put on my goals list, actually, for 1988 to meet Anthony Robbins and take his seminar. Uh, once I picked the, good, the book up and started reading it, by the way, I finished the whole thing probably in three or four days. And I was like, you know, th- this is really, really great technology, and I cannot wait to meet this guy. So, so I called Robbins Research International to find out about their seminar schedule. And uh, lo and behold, every single date that he had a seminar for the next 12 months, I was already scheduled to do a seminar. So there's no way I can go take one of these seminars. So, you know, most of the answers we find, Kim, are outside the box, right? You bet. Mm-hmm. Well, I just basically said, well, okay, well, what if I bring him to me? So I called uh, Robbins Research International back, and I said, well, I'll tell you what. How about I bring him to me and have him come do a seminar for me? And they said, well, we'd be happy to schedule that. And uh, his fee is $20,000 a day. Again, this was back in 19. 19- 87, I guess, when we scheduled it, maybe early, early 88. The seminar took place in October of 88. And so uh, it was a two-and-a-half-day seminar. So at 20000 a day, the total ticket was going to be $50,000. Uh, 
So I actually had 50 of my clients trust me enough, not knowing who Tony was or what was going on. I just said, look, you need, you need to come. Your wife can come free if you're married, significant other. The bottom line is it's going to be it's actually the Marriott Perimeter Center there in Atlanta. I said, just trust me on this one and be there. And so I uh, had 50 guys pony up, uh, brought their spouses, most of them. And uh, Tony came in, and actually it started on a Friday evening about 6 o'clock. By midnight or 1 o'clock in the morning, he has the entire seminar out in the back parking lot doing a firewalk. Mm-hmm. Yep. And most, of the, you know, most people uh, who, go, who used to go to Tony's firewalks would come to watch all the crazy people walk on fire. <laughs> and, yeah, and, and obviously, most of them end up jumping right in and of going. Course. So mm-hmm. I had kind of an eye-opener that night because we go out. It's like 1 o'clock in the morning. We're going to start the firewalk, right? And they've got these drums going. You know, I mean, it was like a tribal ritual out in the parking lot of this hotel at 1 o'clock in the morning. So Tony gets like right at the beginning of the fire lane, and he goes through all these power moves. And then, okay, now he's going to go across the coals. Well, who put this event together? I did. <laughs> so all of a sudden, I hadn't thought of it. I had not even, this thought had not entered my mind. And I'm standing there thinking, holy crap, i got to go next. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm standing there. Tony goes right through the fire, just boom, boom, you know, cool moss, the whole deal. I thought, all right, man, here we go. So what was really amazing is that I watched the entire client base that I had taken in there and their spouses go through the firewalk. I think a couple of spouses did not do it. They were still in the observer stage. <laughs> But, you know, no one was burned. There were no blisters. There was nothing but an aha experience for all the people who were there. So that weekend, that was Friday night. Uh, the next day, uh, Tony and I and uh, our wives went to lunch at uh, Perimeter Center Mall right across from the hotel. And I will never forget the two questions that I asked Tony, and they were not pre-planned. They were not anything that I came up with on my own at all. You know, I'm, I'm a big believer in divine guidance. And, I, I, you know, it's kind of sometimes you have these out-of-body experiences. I open my mouth and this, these two questions just roll out. Mm-hmm. So question number one is, Tony, what's the uh, purpose of your organization, of your organization? He said, well, it's to bring the greatest transformation to the largest number of people in the shortest period of time. Maybe rattle it off, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's pretty impressive, impressive. So then I asked him the second question. The second question was, would it further the fulfillment of your vision to have a branch in healthcare? Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm the one answering that question, I, I can't say I can't say no. I've got right. to say yes to that. Yes. Well, of course it would, and that really that was. Wow. And, and I look back on it, and Tony later did a power talk on uh, the power of questions, mm-hmm. and I don't. I'm not. You know, I don't deserve any credit for this. I'm simply telling you that you know. It was just divine guidance. The questions rolled out. And when you ask somebody a question, this is something I learned from Tony later before he even realized what I'd done. But when he talks about the power of questions, one of the things that he says is, I can tell you something all day long, and you may believe it, you may not. But when I ask you a question, the answer is true for you. Yes. And that's... That's the power of coaching. I know you're probably going to talk a little bit about coaching a little bit later, but the whole idea, that's why we ask people questions, because what their answer is is true for them. I could tell them something all day long. They may not accept it, but asking questions. So I think at that moment, we both realized, you know, we need to do something here. And just to kind of shorten up the story, that was in October of 88, and 
uh, I don't know, I think it was November of 88, like a month later, Tony has uh, a date with Destiny that was teaching actually in the Del Mar Castle at that point in time. They were like, you know, now Date with Destiny has thousands of people in it and he does it all over the world. Well, this Date with Destiny was done in the living room of the castle. And when Tony comes out to start the seminar, uh, you know, he's in flip-flops, shorts, a tank top, and his hair's wet and flying all over the place. So that's kind of like how Tony was at that point in time. But, so we do Date with Destiny as a group. Our, our uh, The leaders of our company at that point in time were, were all there, and we were, you know, in the midst of, I don't know, maybe 12 to 15 other people, and that was a Date with Destiny at that point. Wow. And uh, by the time that was over, we then scheduled ourselves to go to Feb- in February to Maui. Hawaii. Tony was doing an NLP certification course over there. It was about two weeks long. And while we were there, the meetings took place where we decided to join forces. And uh, it's been a it's been a great ride. And here we are now, 28, 27 years later, and it seems like yesterday. That's amazing. So uh, I love that story. Every time I hear it, actually, I get new nuggets. And I just, I love the power of questions. And yeah, we will talk about coaching in, in a couple minutes. Um, so what was the original vision that you all had with Fortune Management? Well, I think the original vision really centered around getting doctors alive. Mm-hmm. And for me personally, I mean, every doctor came in for a different reason. I can tell you for me, it was freedom. I mean, financial freedom, emotional freedom. Freedom is a really high value. I mean, one of my the neatest movie scenes ever is Braveheart. Remember the very last scene? Yes. You know, what did he scream to the top of his lungs? Freedom! freedom. Mm-hmm. Now, like, to, to be able to be a choice and be able to live our lives the way we want to every single day. And it's just such a blessing to to have immersed ourselves in enough cutting-edge thought and, and profound truths that that actually becomes a reality. And so now our mission and fortune is to have other people realize that, that they are a choice. And vision, I mean, it's biblical. What does the Bible say about visions? In the book of Proverbs, without vision, the people will what? Perish. And I, you know, anytime I speak that publicly, I say, I'm, I'm sure perishing is not one of your goals for 2016, right? <laughs> <laughs> so um, the vision is just, it's about freedom. It's about, and it's not just financial freedom. Again, it's emotional freedom. It's, it's you know, freedom in relationships to be able to communicate openly, honestly, supportively, and non-judgmentally so the relationships actually don't just work. We don't just survive a relationship. Relationships flourish. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I could go on on that. We could do a whole podcast on that. <laughs> exactly. Well, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, many of our listeners are Fortune clients and have been through the training universities, um, or if you're a potential client, you would you would have the opportunity to go through them. We do them all across the country now. Tell us a little bit about the training universities and how those happened. I know you all brought the from Quest Ventures. You had the you had the practice management, dental, you know, coaching aspect, and then of course Tony brought the personal growth technologies. Tell us about those first training universities. Well, first of all, when we did, we decided, okay, we're going to form this thing. The first thing we're going to need to do is do an entire management program and have it filmed so that we can create DVDs and have seminars going on simultaneously all over North America. So that's where the whole DVD product um, uh, thing started. And so 
we had something like 500 people in the room, and so we filmed sessions one through four, which incidentally, um, we had done sessions one through four in the old Quest organization. The Quest was teaching everything we knew to, to, to bring to people, but then when you brought Tony on, it was like, you know, sometimes you open a door and you're, you find yourself in a room with seven more doors. Mm-hmm. And our relationship with Tony was really like that. So now we have just a, an unbelievable amount of new information to put into the manager program to make it more valuable, more meaningful, more profound, and more results-oriented, quite frankly. So we did the same. In fact, the seminar dates that I had scheduled in the hotels in Atlanta where I was doing most of my management programs, we, did, we didn't even change the dates of the seminars when it changed wow. from Quest to Fortune. Mm-hmm. We just changed the name on the contract <laughs> for the hotel. Mm-hmm. So it, it really it was a continuation as far as the format, and we figured, okay, we need to leave this the way this is working pretty well to have three-day sessions that were about three months apart. And what we found typically by the time – our, our clients came back after session one or session two or whatever, it, it would be three months later they come back for the next session, right? And I can't sure. tell you how many hundreds of times I heard people say when they walked in the door, man, am I glad we're, am I glad I'm, we're here? Mm-hmm. You, know, yep. you can always tell when it's time for a seminar. That's right. And what that just basically says is we're all human. Gravity's constant. The things that we put in place typically will stay in place for a, a, a period of time, and that varies from person to person, but then... You know, we have people, and the more people we have, the more complexity it is on a dental team, and things a little bit will start to fall out, and something else falls out, and something else falls out, and pretty soon it's, man, am I glad we've got a manager program coming up next week so we can go deal with all those things. So you can bring, yeah, bring yourself back. So what do you think is the technology that made the biggest difference back then or today? I think the biggest difference um, that Tony brought on board was a whole different meaning behind team. Mm. Because you know the, the distinctions that we learned from from Tony in, in well, for example, creating relationships, matching and mirroring, you know, all the communication tools that we that we use and, and the ones that we created with him mm-hmm. uh, together, like the reality check, quality request, quality response. I think that the relationships on a team are the richest part of fortune. Now, when we have a new doctor going in, they're wanting to know, well, how can you get me more new patients? How can you get me this? How can you get me that? But at the end of the day, when it's all over, yeah, they get the more new patients. They get the increased profitability. They get all that that they wanted, but then most of them at the end will say, you know, the richest part was the, was the contextual or philosophical part of fortune. Yes, exactly. So I know I hear that all the time and how it's impacted their personal life as well as their professional life, which, of course, we all know is really one and the same. Tell me a little bit, you mentioned our communication process, the reality check, quality request, quality response. I don't know if people always know that Tony and you all really created that together. Can you tell that story, how you created those technologies? Absolutely. Be happy to. Um, when we did these four sessions with Tony, it was the first session done under the, 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 the company name, Fortune Management. And what we would do each time, like we did session one, and we followed somewhat the the, the, the syntax of the pieces of information that we had covered in the old Quest organization, but we came into town with Tony. Tony and all of us on the, on the Fortune board uh, and our national seminar leaders all came together three or four days before each session, and we brainstormed, you know, what do we want to create in this session that we didn't have before? How do we want to put Tony's message in this session 
because you can't put his whole message in session one, right? Right, sir. So session sir. two, three, in fact, the communication stuff you're alluding to was actually in session two. And we would come together and just create it. Uh, we the, the communication tools themselves, I'll tell you an example. We would typically come together. We're in a, you know, a big boardroom. We got flip charts all literally all the way around the room, and people are writing stuff like crazy, and it's a very energized conversation, kind of like the one we're having today. <laughs> and uh, as, as we're creating these tools, Tony's, you know, using his brilliance. And, and by the way, his IQ is off chart. I don't know the number, but anybody like you, Kim, you've met him, you've talked to him, you know the guy is brilliant beyond brilliant. If you take someone who has that level of intellect, and then you pour into their brain 700 books that he had already read in the area of personal growth and development when we started this company. I think now it's like 1,200. But he had already read 700 books on teamwork and personal growth and you know all, just all the philosophical part of fortune. You take that much powerful information written by some people who are experts in the field and you synthesize all that through the brain of a person's IQ is off the chart, mm-hmm. you're going to have some liquid gold coming out on the other end. <laughs> right. And so, you know, those of us who um, were the, the, you know, the members from, from the Quest organization, of course, we're now all, all fortune. Uh, Tony owned half the company. We owned half the company. We were contributing, and he, had, he, he used our input. So what are the things, some of the things you guys run into? And, well, here's what we see commonly, yada, yada, yada. And we literally just put ideas up on the flip charts and created the reality check right there in the room, created the quality request and the quality response right there in the room with Tony's guidance and the input of our whole team. And that whole process, if I remember correctly, took two and a half days. Wow. And it was literally around the clock. It was crazy. And it was two and a half days, if I remember correctly. So um, that's 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 where that came from. I love it. And that, and that is one of the most powerful pieces of technology that we have, and we love to teach it and use it, of course. Um, so Tony really is one of the first, pe- you know, I guess most famous personal development coach on the planet. And so you were calling yourself a coach back, you know, 25, 30 years ago. Let's talk a little bit about what that means. A lot of people now call themselves coaches these days, and there's varying levels of, of uh, training that people have out in the world. What is your definition of the coaching relationship? Well, that's a really good question. Thank you. I, I'll, I'll tell you my definition is very simple. Coaching is taking on another person's commitment as if it were your own and then interacting with that person in such a way as to empower them to get the result they desire. Yes. That's really it. It's not about telling people what to do. It's about asking questions. It goes back to the power of questions again, right? Mm-hmm. By asking questions, we can elegantly guide people down the path that they should be following that they may actually know sometimes, but for some, you know, they know what path they should, they know what they should be doing. Mm-hmm. Many times, sometimes not, but, but they're not doing it. You know, people are paralyzed by fear of success, fear of failure, fear of, you know, there's a thousand things people fear. But coaching is asking people questions, the answer to which is exactly what we would have told them if telling them would have been more effective. Yeah, and then absolutely. And then sometimes they come up with something that you wouldn't have said, and which is actually their own brilliance inside of them. So That's, that's exactly right. In fact, one of the most powerful things about coaching is for a coach to be unwilling to know the answer. In other words, not ask the questions, 
out of an already listening or an already expectation about what we think the answer should be, because that may not be the right answer for that person. But asking the questions out of coming from a place of, um, I don't know what the answer is. That's why I'm asking these questions, right? And it becomes a, a, just a really, really profoundly powerful conversation when we coach, when we coach that way. Yeah, it's the come from of the coach being totally curious and not knowing the answer. So can, do you have a, any examples in your life if you've coached so many people throughout the years? What, are, what is an example of a um, coaching relationship that you had that impacted the person you were coaching in such a way that you, had, you weren't expecting it? Wow. Um, I, I think probably some of the more uh, rewarding ones, you know, we, we, and it's not just me, I mean, our whole company, as you know, Kim, have turned around more dental practices than we care to count at this point in time, and also medical practices and, you know, chiropractic, I mean, all professions. Um, but I think some of the most, some of the big paydays that I've gotten personally is when the communication tools, for example, that we teach someone are actually taken home. Mm-hmm and they're used to save a marriage. Many times we didn't even know the marriage was, you know, almost broken. But I can tell you that not just with doctors I've worked with, but also with staff members. I can I cannot tell you how many times I've had staff members perhaps come back to a seminar several years later or maybe they've still been in a in a in a practice that's just been in Fortune for years. My longest uninterrupted coaching relationship is like 28 years. Right. And so the average is probably 12 to 15. So people hang up and people are here for a while because they come on board and what they find is that the more that they uncover, our job as a coach is to stay about two or three steps in front of them. And we're tilling up the soil and they are coming behind and implementing the things that, that we teach. But I, so I think one of the most rewarding things for me has just been staff members particularly, but it's certainly doctors. I've got some great examples of doctors, but staff members coming up to me who've been in an office for 18 years that we work with. Right. And coming up to me at a break at a consult or at a seminar saying, by the way, Paul, I never told you this, but that communication stuff that you guys taught us back in session two, 18 years ago, saved my marriage. Mm. That's where we really get, uh, that, that's the big paycheck that we get. It's just making a difference out there. I have chills. I know that's that's amazing. And then the other thing, and you've probably seen this throughout your years, is that not everybody's ready for it. However, all of a sudden, it'll be maybe a year or two or longer. We've been working with a team or doctors, and all of a sudden, it clicks, and they right. take it on. Yep. When the uh, when the student is ready, the, the coach appears. Exactly. I had a funny. Uh, this is a funny story. Really, is exactly what you're speaking to there, Kim. One specific doctor, uh, actually in Huntsville, Alabama came to one of our introductory seminars back in the early days. We called it with Tony, we called it TNT. Mm-hmm. I think it's good for team, uh, net worth. And I don't even remember what the final T was, but the TNT, you know, it's going to be a dynamite seminar, right? <laughs> well, I talked to the seminar. There was a particular doctor in Huntsville came to the seminar. He was just jazzed. I mean, from the day, from the moment it started to the end of the day, this guy was absolutely jazzed. I thought, well, if anybody's going to jump into our management program now, it's definitely this guy. Right, mm-hmm. so the ladies who were handling the enrollment just weren't able to, you know, have him see the value of of going beyond that one day. The guy calls me fifteen years later. Oh. This wow. is the truth. Calls me fifteen years later and says, "Okay, I'm ready now." 
<laughs> that's amazing. Now, I'm not quite sure what the belief system he's been floating <laughs> around for 15 years is all about, but if, I bet the true story. 15 years later, he's like, okay, I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> I really do believe in that um, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear or the, or the coach will appear. And I think that's often my coaching with some of my clients. You've probably had this experience where the doctor's frustrated maybe with a team member because they're not stepping up like the, like the doctor knows they have such great potential and right. just being patient with that person. And then all of a sudden they will, they will surprise you and step up or not surprise you. You knew they had it in them. And sometimes it will surprise you that they, don't step up. That's in other words, here's what I found. You can take a horse to water all day long, but you have some people who are, we have people, you know, staff members in our practices who are committed. They're loyal. They're, they, they have ownership, not like they've signed a note in the mm-hmm. practice, but they own the outcome. They own, we, Doc, we've got your back. We got, we're on this thing, right? I bet. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're highly, highly committed with a capital C. And, you know, there are some staff members of dental practices, and what they're most committed to is not being committed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, they, there are times, you know, I've asked this question before, and it will sometimes irritate people a little bit. But I will tell you what, I don't dance around issues, and I would encourage all of our, um, all of our coaches you know, and I think that that they're being trained very well by you and Renee and and others to not to just not dodge issues. If something needs to be discussed, most most seminar organizations, practice management organizations, are going to run and hide, mm-hmm. curl the needle position. We need to go straight into it because that's where the breakthrough comes from. You bet, absolutely. Got to do, do it in an empowering way. So um, that comes from having safety. With the, with the team you're coaching. I remember one day I was doing a, an in-house consult 15 years ago in an office in Picayune, Mississippi. <laughs> and they had almost like a, a rebellion on, on the part of the staff. But I knew it couldn't be all of them because I had two or three allies in there that I knew really appreciated what we were doing. And so I, I went into this consult that day, and I, t- I asked the doctor and his wife before the consult started. I, they were highly disturbed about what was going on in their practice, right? But they didn't really quite know what to do about it. And I, so I, I go in and I, I ask them at breakfast before we go start for the consult. Um, I, I, first of all, guys, I'm not a hatchet man. My, my mission here today is not to carve people out of your practice. However, I need to ask you, if you lose you know, one or more people today to get to where you need to be, are you okay with that? You know, and they kind of, you know, their eyes got real big. And said, well, you, we trust you. I mean, we've known you long enough to know we can trust you. I said, that's all I need to know. I mean, I just need, I hope we can save everybody. Exactly. Well, the, the console starts at 8 o'clock in the morning. And, of course, immediately I've got resistance. You know, the, you know the face of resistance, right, Kim? <laughs> you know, arms crossed, legs yeah. crossed, eyes rolling. I mean, I let that go for about 10 minutes, and I said, uh, and, I, you know, I was using all my skills trying to help these people, you know, get outside their whole, you know, paradigm and you think about other possibilities and finally i said i'll tell you what we're going to do we're going to take a, a break early this morning going to give you guys a, a 15 minute break here and uh, here's an assignment um i need to, to to give you what i'd like you to do each, each one of you is to gather all of your belongings <laughs> from your work area from your lockers um and what i'd like you to do within the 15 minutes gather all your belongings Take them with you. Put your key here on the table. You are hereby terminated. Now, I look over and I can see the doctor and his wife. I mean, their eyeballs were bigger than saucers. Now, 
And I said, and um, at 9 o'clock this morning, we will begin interviews to replace you. Mm-hmm. If you're interested in reapplying, be here at 9 o'clock. They all got up. They got their stuff. They laid their keys down on the table. They left. And at 9 o'clock, guess who shows up? Everybody who had not been part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess there's a hard way and an easy way, but what I found was at 9 o'clock, instead of having to sort through all of the considerations of people who were, not, who were never on board in the first place, why would I drag an entire team through an eight-hour, eight-and-a-half-hour training right. if I could just cut to that? I didn't know where the issue was, but I knew one thing. The people who were not committed probably not going to show back up. Yep. And it turns out, I mean, by lunchtime, he said that, that, he said that was so... He said, I can't, even, I can't even tell you how much I appreciate what you just did. He said, I, 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 I knew they weren't committed. I didn't know what to do. So, you know, a, a coach, all the point is this. This is for all of our fortune coaches. A coach has to have enough courage to trust your training and trust your gut and come from serving the people there who are there to make a difference. Exactly. And if you leave people on a team who are not there to make a difference, I've often said it's like going into a grocery store and getting a shopping cart that has the right front wheel stuck. <laughs> How does that feel going through 14 lanes and that right front wheel is dragging? That's what it's like for a dental team to have, you know, Witch Hazel at the front desk who is unwilling to change. And we see things like that happen too, too frequently. All the time. Yep. All the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what you did there was, well, not only you did a courageous act and you had the trust, of course, of the doctor. Right. You also, that was what Tony calls a pattern interrupt. They Nobody was expecting you to do that, and it interrupted their pattern, and then it had them make a different decision. So I love right. it. What an awesome example of courageous coaching. And that shows you, listeners out there, what are what we're committed to at, at Fortune, what we're committed to with, with our clients and our teams. And because you're right, if there's one person that's dragging the whole practice down, it doesn't work for anyone. And then once that person's gone, it's amazing what opens up for, for people in their practice. Yeah. As a matter of fact, once that person's gone, there's this feeling that there's actually oxygen in the room right. again. Sure. Oh, gosh, we can breathe. Mm-hmm. Oh, freeing. Yes. I mean, that's the validation. Anytime you let someone go who you do not really feel certain in your heart does not, I mean, this person does not belong on our team. She doesn't resonate with everybody. Mm-hmm. She's holding us back. You let her go. The next day, there is just, it's like everybody's uplifted. People like walk in the next morning on a cloud. There's this, truth. This, this empowering force has, has just, and you know what? The truth matters. It's not about people being good people or bad people. In, in that person's paradigm, they'll probably find a place where they can hang out all day with like-minded people. Exactly. Talk about how bad it is. I mean, that's not what resonates in a fortune practice. Absolutely. And and one, one thing you said earlier in the beginning of this conversation is that we want to give doctors and teams choice. Of course, that goes along with freedom. And that's really what it is. That's I always say the same thing. This is not a good, bad conversation. This is about people making choices in their life and then go work at a mediocre dental practice. But the practices right. that we're working with are not the, is not that. So, right. yeah, great. And, and I think um, our friend Fred, Fred Joyle said not too long ago, I think the uh, unemployment rate for dentists is about 0%. So they can always, dentists and team members can usually find another another dental practice to work at. And, and Fred also has a great uh, chapter in his Becoming Remarkable book about letting people go and how great that is for your team. So just reinforcing what, we, what we're what we talking about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Love it. There's, Love it. 
people are always wondered about or, or I guess concerned about, well, what if I don't find somebody? Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something. Here's my belief, and I just, I've, you know, after I've, been, I've been doing this for 32 years, and I've never found it to, to not be accurate. The person you need is out there. Yeah. That's a core belief. That person is out there. They just haven't found you, or you haven't found them yet. I had a, an associate, I had a couple doctors who needed to add an associate badly in their practice about, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago down in Ocala, Florida. And these two guys had been, I mean, they literally had done everything imaginable. They talked to their lab guy, talked to the, you know, the dental supply guy. They went online. They did this and that and every, contacted dental schools, GPR programs. They got to a point that they were in what Tony calls learned helplessness. They had just about convinced themselves, we're not going to find anybody. Mm -hmm. I said, look, guys, here's one thing I know you haven't done. Place an article in the ADA journal back in the opportunities in the very back of the magazine. There's usually a thing there for, for, you know, equipment for sale, opportunities for associates, whatever. Mm -hmm. They placed the ad and about, I don't know, the book, I guess when the magazine came out about a month later or three weeks later, whatever. Um, a couple weeks after the book came out, they get a phone call. And there was a, a lady doctor who called in and says, your practice sounds like a place I would love to be. I, I've been working, you know, with a with an older gentleman. It has been absolutely miserable. I'm so excited to hear. Guess where she was located? About a mile and a half down the road from their practice. It's a true story. That's awesome. So you got to open up... Your mind and open up so that the universe can can answer. That's great. I love it. Well, we've we've talked a little bit about, I and mean, we've talked a lot about the original vision of Fortune. And uh, how do you see things, maybe that are different twenty seven years later, and what's the same? Wow. Well, what's different is the technology today. You know, the digital um, paradigm. That's where dentistry is going. Of course, everything is digital now. So obviously, tons of things have changed. But what remains the same, in my mind, is the absolute critical nature, the necessity for the doctor to surround himself or herself with a team, a team of people who are all on the same page. That starts with the vision statement. They create it together. Everybody is is, is a party to creating that paragraph that's filled with emotion-evoking words that really resonate with people because they're, they're their words. Sure. One of my words would be if I were if I were sitting in an office creating a statement for my my team, I, one of my words would be integrity. Mm-hmm. You know, I just I love that word. It's like keeping your word when the circumstances change. You know, you still do what you said you were going to do regardless. Regardless, exactly. You're exactly. keeping your word when nobody's looking. Mm-hmm. And that's so rare. If we can bring that component into a team, it's just invaluable. But when everybody has put their input into the creation of that vision statement and their input into the set of operating principles that we call agreements about how are we going to play this game together. Yep. When, they, when they have a shared vision and they have a set of agreements, they know will support the shared vision and they communicate openly, honestly, supportively, and non-judgmentally. They cannot be stopped. That's what's the same. But we never knew it back in the early days. Oh, We've right. learned it mm-hmm. using Tony's technologies and watching the results. Powerful. You know, fortune has been like a 20 seven or whatever year experiment on what happens when you do things that have never been done before. Yep. I love it. I love it. That's great. Well, and you of course had your dental practice for 20 some odd years. What do you see now, Paul, as the biggest challenge for dentists today? 
Well, I, I go right back to what I just said. It's, it's assembling the, pro, the appropriate people on the team, the people, that, the people who have the right beliefs, the right values, the right attitudes, mm-hmm. who come to work with a smile on their face every day, especially when they don't feel like it because they know it uplifts other people. It's surrounding ourselves the right kind of people, and not a great deal of attention has been paid to that, I think dentists usually, at least historically, uh, maybe not totally today, but still to a great extent, hire people because of their skill sets. Right. Mm-hmm. Keep people, keep that right front wheel because she's the best chair side we've got. <laughs> it doesn't matter if she's sabotaging the whole team. Mm-hmm. She's the best functional assistant. Right. Well, that tells you how much I think function is important. I'll tell you what else is not important is your dental license. <laughs> What's it worth without putting this stuff in place? Right, exactly. Yeah. So open to practice. Now I've got my license, and I'm right here, and I'm going to bring people on here who really aren't team players, and I'm going to mess everything up from a philosophical standpoint. How do you think that one's going to turn out? Mm-hmm. And you can touch you know, touch base with them about five or ten years later. So, you know, how's that working for you? Yeah. You already know how it turns out. I love it. So yes, I mean, of those five business engines that we teach, it's always that people engine that is sometimes the most challenging and the most important to make the rest of those engines run. Yep. So Paul, I love to ask all my podcast guests, what's a book that has been really influential on you and your career and your life? Wow. Um, Well, let me first first of all say I have a stack of books I'm constantly (laughs) reading through on airplanes and things of that nature. But when I'm, you know, when I'm, can you get two things done at once? Uh, so the, there are many, but I, I think the first one I would have to say without question is the Bible. I mean, that's where it all emanates from. So that would be number one in, in my book. Um, what I would say next was would probably be a book called Power Versus Force. Mm, yes. And the author's name, uh, I know it's, I know the last name is Hawkins. I think I know the first name, maybe David. David yes. Hawkins, Power Versus Force. Mm-hmm. That book really really resonated with me and I thought it was incredibly powerful what it's what it's about the listeners may want to to know what this is all about you know so many people in life just ramrod their way through things you know the Donald Trump style so to speak and that would be the force side of the equation and being forceful there are certain people who that's their strength is their force and they'll force things through they'll force deals through they'll force you know, time slots to get the job done. But in the end, when you have to relate to other people, there can be a string of dead bodies in the ditch behind you. Mm-hmm. So force, I have found, and, and that doesn't mean that I don't go back to it from time to time, but I've tried to stay away from it. Take every ever to stay away from it. Force is really not the best place to come from. Because again, you may get what you want, but you damage relationships in the process. I think it's much more powerful and much more elegant and effective communications to use your power. And that would be the power of using softeners and communications. That would be the power of asking questions. That would be the power of controlling your, your voice qualities, your facial expressions, your tonality in your voice. But more than anything, I think it would probably just be asking questions and helping people make the decision that they need to make at any point in time as opposed to being more forceful in telling them what they need to do. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It sounds a lot like, you know, of course, the communication techniques that we teach around enrollment and how to really enroll someone in what you want them to do, whether it's buying your product or falling in love with you or becoming your friend or whatever it is, right? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's no matter what you're trying to accomplish, I think it's much, much easier, number one, uh, much more elegant and a lot more fun to be powerful. And it's empowering mm-hmm. than to use force to get the result. Interesting. I, yeah, I, I love that book. I have read it. It's, it's one of my favorites as well. What, talk a little bit about the kinesiology and sort of the physicality of our bodies in power versus force. To be perfectly honest, Kim, I read it several years ago. <laughs> yeah. I've reread it once, and I and I probably I'm I'm, a, I'm about uh, due to put it back in my stack again. So I remember that part of it, but well, what I remember, I, yeah, well, I can tell you what I remember is you know just mm-hmm. your um, thinking positive thoughts actually makes you physically stronger. So even if you're working right. out or running a marathon or, or whatever it is. You know, if you have negative thoughts going through, it it makes you have a lot of more negative sort of energy field, and you can't do what you exactly. want to do. Yeah, so no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's very very profound, and uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm that just tells me once again it's time to get that book back out. But <laughs> it certainly made an impression on me. Yeah, and uh, I, I always want to keep my head screwed on straight. You know, Tony has always taught us state management and there's specific tools that we use to manage our state, no matter what's going on around us. Mm-hmm. And no matter what's going on in our lives, what happens to us or any of the circumstances, we can always choose to make it an outstanding day. Absolutely. 100% something I've learned from you. So thank you. That, that's, a, um, that's a wonderful book. I'll put the link to Power Versus Force in the show notes so our listeners can, can pick up a copy for themselves. Well, I believe it's a fabulous book, and I, I don't know of anyone who would ever be uh, disappointed by reading it, for sure. Wonderful, wonderful. And uh, what's what's one of your favorite quotes? Well, my goodness, I have... I have I, we have so many, don't we? <laughs> I think probably one of the ones that still resonates with me um, is this one. Whatever the mind of man can conceive and believe, he can achieve. I believe the author of that is uh, Napoleon Hill. Yes. I read a book many years ago, uh, Think and Grow Rich. And if you if you read that book today, it was although it was written probably forty years ago, actually probably more than that. More than that. Mm-hmm. You no, know, actually, I think it was written in the nineteen thirties. Thirties, I believe. Yeah. Uh huh. It's been like eighty years ago. The book was written, and if you read it, if you were to read the book today, it would sound as if it was written this month, because those are just timeless principles, and they resonate today. Some of them more so than they did, you know, back when the book was written. I think yes. Tony's book, Unlimited Power, you know, is, is another example. It's right. just a, a textbook on living. Timeless, exactly. And I, I love uh, Think and Grow Rich. I give that to a lot of my clients. And it's neat. The updated version does have some more modern examples in it. Um, and and it's Think and Grow Rich and not just rich in dollars, you know, rich in, in your health and your relationships and your spirituality and all those different areas. That's really what it's all about. So that's that's exactly what it's all about. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Well, um, just one last question I want to ask you, what do you think, what's one thing our listeners could put into action today that you would recommend? Uh, I would share with them one simple sentence. And this thing, I heard this years and years ago, do it now. Mm. And it, it applies to everything. Some people, you know, ponder and maybe someday I should do this or, Next week, I'll get around to do it now. Whatever it is, do it now. There's tremendous power in that. And if it's a 10-step process, get the first step done today. Sure. It's like if you're going to run a marathon, today your first step is to go buy a book called Running Your First Marathon, right? <laughs> right. 
the whole idea is do it now. People put off things. I just noticed this in human behavior. Um, it's like paralysis by analysis, I guess, in some cases. But this, one of the secrets to me has been do it now. And I just don't let a lot of time lapse between the thought that I think, yeah, that's really what I ought to do, and, and starting it right now, starting it today. I may not get it finished today, yep. but I will start on it today in one shape or maybe it's just writing a note to buy the book, How to Run Your First Marathon, yep. right? But that yep. starts the process. If you don't, if you don't start the process, then obviously, you know, six months later, you think, well, I should have run that marathon, right? Or whatever. So I think do it now is a, is a great concept. And uh, I heard those words probably 30 years ago, and they just still resonate in my brain. So that one I would, I would offer people. I think it's extremely much, it, it seems so simple, but it's so powerful. Right. Well, I think the most powerful things are the simplest. And I think that's when people at the end of their life, or not even at the end of their life, as life goes along, they're unfulfilled and unhappy, it's because they've put off things that they really want to do. So thank you, Dr. Paul Bass, for being such an inspiration to our listeners today. And of course, thank you so much for your impact on my life, the life of people all in fortune management, all of our clients, and the industry of dentistry, quite frankly. You've really made a huge impact. So thank you for who you are. Oh, wow. Thank you so much, Kim. And yeah, let me just, you know, right back at you. I mean, I I remember, you know, when you first got involved with us, and we knew right up front what a remarkable young lady you were, and I'm just so proud of everything that you have done and are doing, and I can almost like, you know, future pace what I see you doing and, and becoming <laughs> moving forward. So you're, you're one of the kingpins of this company, and I just really thank you for everything that you've done for us and our clients. Oh, well, thank you so much. I, I, I really appreciate that. And um, for all you listeners out there, go out and do something great today. That's right. Do it now. Thank you for listening to the Practice Mastery Podcast. For more information on Fortune Management and to find an event in your area, please visit fortunemgmt.com.